0: As we read the Gospel records, we read eyewitness accounts of the life and ministry of the Lord Jesus. In a sense, the Gospels are just the beginning of Christ's work. The adventure continues in the book of Acts. In this study with Scott Pauley, we consider the continuing work of Christ through the Holy Spirit, who works through the Apostles and the New Testament Church. Now, let's get in on the adventure. I remember
1: well my first sermon. I must tell you, uh, it was terrible. Uh, the, the subject matter was good because it came from the Word of God, uh, but the delivery of it, not so good. But we have come in our study of the book of Acts, to Acts chapter 2, to Peter's first sermon. Now, no doubt he had preached prior to this while the Lord Jesus was on earth and was sending out the disciples, uh, mentoring them, training them. But this is his first sermon after the ascension of Christ, his first sermon uh, after the coming of the Holy Spirit and the first sermon recorded for us in the book of Acts. And I think this first sermon is a model, might I say that, of New Testament preaching. Uh, we talked in our last study about the mark of New Testament preaching being basically one thing, and that is it points you to Jesus. <laughs> that's, that's the goal of the new covenant, the New Testament, to bring us to the knowledge of God through the Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, we gave a little overview of his sermon. Uh, there was revelation, that's the reading of the word. Uh, there was explanation, and then there was application. And I would argue uh, that that is really God's way always when it comes to the preaching of his word. For example, even way back in Ezra's day, Nehemiah chapter 8 and verse number 8, uh, so simple. The Bible says that Ezra stood up and read in the book and the law of God distinctly, and he gave the sense and he calls them to understand the reading. I think sometimes we've made preaching to be so much information or so much entertainment, God forbid, we've missed the simplicity and the power of what preaching is. It is simply to read the word, revelation, to give the sense, explanation, to cause them to understand, application. It really is just that simple. And so we return today to this New Testament preacher and to his first sermon. I do find it interesting that it is in the context of the miraculous event of Pentecost. Please don't miss this, because some people get so wrapped up in experiences and emotion and the the euphoria of something that they think they do not need the preaching of the Word. I want to tell you that it is in the context of all of this emotion and all of this miraculous outpouring and work of the Holy Spirit that people most needed the preaching of the Word of God. And I'm just going to tell you, I have a deep abiding conviction in the necessity of preaching. People need preaching. I'm a preacher, and I'm telling you, I need preaching. I need to be preached to. I need the Word of God explained to me. I need to be reminded of certain things. And in our day where so many things have taken the place of the preaching of the Word of God, we need to return to this kind of simple Bible preaching. So let's begin with this sermon. We won't get through all of it today, but uh, perhaps just the opening portion. Remember, uh, the people thought that uh, these disciples were drunken, and he says in verse 15, These are not drunken, as ye suppose, seeing it is but the third hour of the day. But this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. Blood and fire and vapor of smoke, the sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before that great and notable day of the Lord come, and it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Now remember, the day of Pentecost was a definite one-time event, but it set in motion an ongoing season. What was that season? The age of the Spirit, the church age. You see, the Holy Spirit indwelling and outflowing from every believer is the distinctive mark of the age we're living in. And so the day of Pentecost set in motion a season, and it is the age that we're living in now. This this special time, the day of Pentecost, has implications for all time because it is the beginning point, the mark of that age that we live in now. So let's consider several things. First of all, you have to consider the past. It's very important that you understand the context of the day of Pentecost goes all the way back to what God prophesied 800 years previous in Joel chapter number 2. Isn't this wonderful? God always fulfills what he foretells. He doesn't do it on our timetable. He does it on his timetable. But you can rest assured of this. If God prophesied it, it's going to happen. If God promised it, he will bring it to pass, and that ought to encourage your heart for the day and age we're living in right now. It also reminds us that God always wants what he always wanted. Now let that sink in just a moment. The day of Pentecost, the coming of the Holy Spirit, was not some last-minute emergency plan, some plan B. This was from the beginning, God's intention all the way through. God wanted to come and be with his people. And God wanted to make a way that we could be nearer to Him. I would challenge you to go back and study Joel chapter 2. Get the larger context because in Joel chapter 2, before this prophecy of the coming of the Holy Spirit, do you know what he deals with? He deals with sin. Sin must always be dealt with. I just want to tell you, if you want to live in the power of the Holy Spirit, you can't do that while you're harboring sin. If you want to have the Holy Spirit living inside of you, you can't do that without repenting of sin and believing on the Lord Jesus Christ for your soul's salvation. You see, repentance is always connected to the blessing and the work of the Holy Spirit of God. So if there's going to be liberty for God to work in and through his people, then we must draw nigh to God. And so first we consider the past. Then we consider the prospect. He, He moves from the 800 years previous, what Joel had preached, all the way to the end of time in verse 19 and verse 20. Literally, this portion is future. Now, it's just as real. It's just as certainly promised. But he says there's coming a day God's going to show wonders in the heavens, signs in the earth, blood, fire, vapor of smoke, the sun turned to darkness, the moon into blood. Well, none of that has happened yet, but it's going to. God is going to turn the the day into darkness. That's what he's going to do before that great and notable day of the Lord come. I want to tell you today that there's a day coming. It's the Lord's day. It is the the day of judgment, the notable day of the Lord. You see, the last days end in the Lord's day. Man gets his day. The devil has his day. God always has his day in the end. So there's destruction coming. And he mentions here the most stable, fixed things on earth. What is it? The sun, the moon. The heavens, the earth, the things that seem to always exist, God says, I'll bring all of it to an end. By the way, in Joel's day, in the original prophecy, that very thing happened. An invasion of locusts came, a plague, and literally devoured everything in its path, left behind it nothing but destruction. I want you to know that will pale in comparison to the final judgment that is coming. And so today, dear friend, I want to challenge you to take Peter's first sermon And consider like bookends the past and the prospect what has happened, what God has fulfilled, and what God will fulfill, what he is going to do. Because I don't want you to know that the sermon given at the beginning of the church age in Acts chapter number 2 is going to be perfectly fulfilled at the end. And friend, God always keeps his word. May this sermon have a tremendous effect on our lives today, as surely as it did those who listened to it first on the day of Pentecost.
0: The same is true today as it was then. The Lord is at work in this world through His Holy Spirit, drawing people to Himself. What a privilege as God's children to be a part of what God is doing in this world today. If you'll visit enjoyingthejourney.org, you will find many resources that will equip you as you walk with the Lord. You will find previous podcast series and episodes, full-length Bible messages, and a topical search engine that will aid you in studying Bible subjects. If this podcast is a blessing to you, we hope you will share it with a friend. Be sure to join us on the next episode of this continuing adventure through the book of Acts.